Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Raising Daughters. This is Dr. Tim Jordan. I greatly appreciate you stopping by here every two weeks to listen to these podcasts and also for passing them on to your friends. I decided today to talk about happiness, and the reason I did was because I've seen so much literature, articles, research about how unhappy people are these days. Uh, There's a really nice story that I heard a long time ago that goes like this. There's a man who decided to go to Africa and to go uh, seek out some uh, diamonds. So he hired a bunch of local Sherpas, and he took off. And for the first three days, they went on a very hard, forced march. And by the third night, everybody was exhausted. And the Sherpas put their packs down, they laid down, they fell asleep. The next morning, the head of the head uh, guy said, hey, let's get going. We got another two days of marching, but the Sherpas would not get up and work. So I went to the head of the Sherpas. He said, what's going on? Why are these people not work? And the man said, they can go no further until their souls have caught up with their bodies. I wonder if that is, is a little bit of why people today are a little bit less happy than they used to be, and in some ways, dramatically less happy. Because we are pretty busy, and we are pretty stressed, and people are going at a pretty high rate. Adults over the age of 30 are less happy than they were 30 years ago. Both teenagers and adults' happiness dropped during those uh, high unemployment times during the recession in 2008 to 2010. What was interesting was that when the economy started doing better in 2012, happiness did not rebound in those years. Instead, happiness continued to decline, even as the economy improved. So it wasn't just about unemployment and a poor economy. It's also interesting to note, as many researchers have, is that this time period of happiness going down coincides with increase in our use of devices, especially smartphones. The time spent online doubled between 2006 and 2012. It's also interesting that there's been a dramatic drop in teenagers' happiness levels since 2012. And not just their happiness. There's also been a decrease in teenagers' self-esteem, the amount of fun they have, the amount of time, and the, uh, not the amount of time, but the amount of fun they're having and satisfaction they have with their friends, and also the, just the overall satisfaction they have with their lives. All of that has decreased since 2012. We also know, and I've talked about this in previous podcasts and blogs, that it, with teenagers, there's been more an increased depression, anxiety, self-harm, and also the, the rates of suicide. So with, with this data in mind, what do we do? So what I want to talk about for the rest of this podcast is how do we develop some happiness habits, some things that you can learn to do and be conscious about each and every single day. I've seen research that says that anywhere from 40 to 50% of our happiness is kind of preset by our genetics and by our environment, which may seem kind of of a downer to some people. But what it does mean is that somewhere around 50%, maybe 60% of our happiness is within our power to, to change. 
it is within our power to increase it. So let's talk about some things that we can do. And maybe first and foremost is relationships. That's one of the key factors in long-term happiness. We all need strong connections. There's, there's data that shows that not just marriages make people happier, but mostly healthy marriages. When a marriage is healthy and strong, they, people who have, who have those kind of relationships are significantly happier. It's not just being married, it's being happily married. I also know from a lot of experience that being able to surround yourself with loving people, nurturing people, even happy people, all of that rubs off. The energy of people around us is important. It's nice to have relationships with friends and people where they give as much as, as you give, where they give as much as they receive. I see a lot of unhappy people who are in very um, unreciprocal relationships where they give a lot and don't get much in return. I advise young people all the time to try and find their tribe, people who get them, people who will accept them for who they are, people they can relate to, maybe people who have a common passion, a common interest. As I've mentioned in some previous podcasts and blogs, sometimes it's hard for, for some young people to find their tribe in grade school, middle school, even high school. Sometimes it's not until college or beyond that they find their people, if you will. There's also a lot of evidence that shows that exercise can help our happiness levels. Benefits of, ha- of exercise are things like decreased tension, decreased stress, uh, more energy. Exercise elevates our mood and improves our sleep. What's interesting is that you don't have to run marathons or be a triathlon to get that benefit. Good research shows that a 10-minute walk is just as good as a 45-minute workout when it comes to things like tension and stress, elevate our mood, elevating our mood, etc. All of us can do that. So you can find some ways to do things as simple as just walking. I also, also advise young people a lot of times that they're not happy to get out of themselves and be of service. Doing good, being helpful to other people triggers the reward centers in our brain. And we also get a good feeling that comes back from that. Kindness begets kindness. So getting out of ourselves and being of service to other people is a great way to improve our happiness. It's also important for us to do what we love. I saw one study that showed that 40% of people who are extremely happy said that they thoroughly enjoy what they're doing in their lives versus only 14% of everybody else. So following your passions, doing what you love does make a difference as opposed to being stuck in a job or a career that you hate. We also can develop a, a good attitude about our stress. I wrote in a recent blog about how stress is a choice and that these days people are making stress a competition. I hear that so much with uh, adolescent girls where they talk about how many more hours they're studying and how much more stressed they are than their friends. They tell me at their schools that stress has become a competition and so has busyness. I saw a study that showed that 10% of people who are extremely happy perceive themselves to be under stress versus 42% of everybody else. We have control over what we do about our stress and how we view our lives and our stress levels. We can take charge of that. Just like we can take charge of how we handle adversity. If we focus on how our life is not living up to the picture that we want it to be, we're going to be a lot more unhappy and a lot more stressed out. I find a lot of teenagers and also adults who really are stuck and depressed, 
that they have the attitude like you don't understand, and yet they're not really doing much about it. They have not learned how to accept their, their, where they're at and or to make the best of it. I've seen a lot of people who are ill with things like terminal cancer who have never been happier. I had a woman who told me recently, what do I have to worry about? She was given a diagnosis of terminal cancer two years ago, was given two to three years to live, and she's like, I've never been happier. It reminds me of an old Eastern story about a man who was being chased by a tiger running through the, the jungle. And he finally came up to a cliff and he kind of stumbled over and he started falling down. And, he, and about halfway down this long cliff, where he, he grabbed onto a branch, a root that was sticking out. And he hung there precariously with the tiger above him growling. And looking down, it was, you know, like a thousand feet down. So he knew he was going to die. In that moment, he said, a peace came over him. And he noticed right there on the cliff, there was a little patch of strawberries. And with one of his free hands, he grabbed the strawberry and put it in his mouth. And he said it had never tasted better. Because in that moment, he was in the moment. In the moment, being fully present. And that brought him some happiness. I have a lot of daily go-tos that I do no matter what. I try almost every day to have 10 to 20 minutes of a meditation kind of time, quiet time. I exercise, you know, maybe five times a week, whether it's exercising on the exercise bike or doing a yoga class, which I do twice a week. I do that no matter what. I also do a, a pretty good job of eating healthy. And I make that important. Those are things, those are my baselines. Those are things I do no matter what. Those are disciplines that I know that I need to do because if I do, I'm a lot more even. I've had some periods where I didn't do the quiet time and I didn't sleep as well. And I realized I was more up and down. I was more reactive because I wasn't doing my baselines. You can establish some of those daily baseline have-tos for yourself and you make them disciplines and you do them to keep yourself happier. Another thing that can make us happier is screen time, or shall I say, limiting screen time. Gene Twenge, that's spelled T-W-E-N-G-E, has done a lot of research about this iGen iGen generation, uh, people younger than the millennials. And what she has found in her research is that teenagers who spend more time seeing their friends in person with face-to-face interactions, who exercise, who play sports, who attend religious services, who do a lot of reading or even doing homework, those teenagers were happier. Teens who spent more time on the internet, playing computer games, spent time on social media, texting, uh, doing video chats, or just watching TV, those teens were less happy. That isn't a surprise to a lot of us adults, but it's nice to know that research backs it up. Every activity that did not involve a screen was linked to more happiness in teenagers And every activity that involved a screen was linked to less happiness. The research found that teenagers who spent more than five hours a day online were twice as likely to be unhappy as those who spent less than an hour a day. It's also interesting to note that teens who didn't use digital media at all were actually a little less happy than those who used digital media a little bit. A little bit meaning less than an hour a day. So, So teens who don't use it at all we're a little less happy, which is interesting to note. But the bottom line was the happiest teenagers were those who used their digital media, uh, but only for a limited amount of time. And that is where 
we obviously need to step in and help them create some limits. And as, as an uh, add-on, I think people are happier when they have more time face-to-face with people. Real conversations, deep conversations, looking in people's eyes, having real conversations and real connections. Uh, and research would back that up. Another place we can uh, make a choice is spending more time outside, more time in nature. People have written in the last 10 years about the nature deficit disorder, where we're spending less and less time indoor, less and less time outdoors, more and more time indoors in front of our devices. And uh, good research has shown that when we spend time outdoors in nature, in green space, people are calmer, they're less restless, less stressed, and less anxious. We can choose to do that. I've talked in in, uh, blogs and podcasts before about mindfulness. So that's a great happiness habit, to practice mindfulness, to learn how to focus on one thing at a time and become fully engaged in whatever we're doing and to be in the present moment, fully there, fully engaged, and therefore staying out of worrying about the future. I talk to teenagers all the time about focusing on the journey, not the destination. Because what uh, teenage girls tend to do a lot is they ruminate, and they always ruminate worst case. And when they're ruminating worst case about the future, they are not in the present moment. Look back on my old podcasts and blogs. Look for ways to help uh, yourself and your teenagers learn about how to be more mindful. One way is to savor the moments. To look for and notice positive experiences that that we're having in our lives. And actually take a moment to actually feel the feelings we have when we're doing those things versus jumping right ahead to the next thrill. I think the internet and I think our phones, I think social media has taught us that if we get a little bit bored to go on to the next thing instead of in our lives when when we're happy or we feel close or we feel excited to take a moment to actually allow ourselves to feel those feelings, to savor the experience, to make it last Stay with it for 20 seconds or 30 seconds or a minute instead of being so distracted and moving on quickly. It helps to pay attention to the rewarding aspects of the experience, how good it feels to get a hug. When we do that, the dopamine that gets released is increased, which makes us feel even better. I also have found, I learned this through some research a while back, that when we're savoring the moment to also besides that present experience that we're savoring, to deliberately go back and recall another similar experience where we felt the same way. If you felt loved or whatever it may be, because when we do that, it boosts both of those experiences. We get uh, more oxytocin, which is our calming, nurturing, feel-good, bonding chemical in our body. It deepens our sense of connection, and those two memories together then become richer memories, which makes us feel happier. Last happiness habit I want to mention today is gratitude. To consciously focus on the positives in our life. It's impossible to be in a state of gratitude and at the same time to be depressed or anxious or angry. Can't happen. So if you spend five minutes at the end of every day thinking about or writing about or journaling about the things that you appreciate in your life, the things that you're thankful for, that makes us all feel better. It makes us feel happier. It keeps you feeling thankful, appreciating the people and the things, the experiences in your life. And you're focusing on those things instead of focusing on the negative and what you don't have. 
So in summary, if you want to be happy, then start developing some happiness habits. Things like taking care of ourselves. I talked about, you know, having healthy relationships, surrounding ourselves with healthy people, finding our tribe, developing some of those disciplines and those habits, uh, taking care of our bodies with exercise, learning how to to not overfocus on our stress, not make stress a competition, and make it a choice. To practice being more mindful. To have those go-tos that I talked about that, that I do every day. To focus on gratitude. To have more time with face-to-face interactions. Be with people. Decrease our screen time, our device time. Spend more time in nature. Savor each moment. Those are all ways that we can all learn to take care of ourselves. Also, the, another big category was having our arrows out, our interest out, uh, being there for other people, doing good for other people, acts of service. Kindness that you give out comes back to us. If you want, I think some of the happy p- people I know are people who are being valuable, people who are doing service. And lastly, I talked about uh, living your life like you are a choice. How you choose to view the adversities in your life, how you choose to view all the experiences you are having now or you've had in your past to keep your power, and to live knowing that you are always in charge of your story. Let me finish this podcast with with a really interesting story. There was an old alley cat who was watching this this young kitten chasing its tail in the alley one day, round and round and round. And the old cat walked up to the kitten and said, what are you doing? And the kitten said, well, I just finished this cat philosophy school, and I had learned there that there are two things that are important for all of us cats. First, I learned that happiness is the most important thing for all cats. And secondly, happiness is located in our tails. So I figured out that if I chase my tail until I finally got hold of it, I put it in my mouth, then I'll have eternal happiness. The old cat mused. He said, oh, that's interesting. He said, I'm just an old alley cat. Didn't get to go to that school you went to. But I've just been wandering around these alleys here and there all my life. But you know what? I kind of learned the same thing that you have. I've learned in my life that the one most important thing for a cat is happiness. And indeed, happiness is located in our tails. But the difference between you and I is that I've discovered that if you go about your business and do the things that are important to you, happiness will follow wherever you go. I would like for each and every one of you to do the very same thing to focus on the habits that I talked about and know that instead of trying to be happy, just focus on those ways of taking care of yourself, being there for others, being a choice of your life, and happiness will follow all along. Thank you again for coming by every week. I hope you enjoy these podcasts. If you do, pass them on. Look at my website at www.drtimjordan.com for information about all the other things that we do. My wife and I just redid our website at www.drtimjordan.com. So go check it out. It's prettier. It's more up to date. Lots of, uh, lots of buttons and things. I will see you back here with a podcast in two weeks. Remember too, every other week that I have a, a blog that comes out. So you can just go online and click on the button and those will come to you every, every week, one or the other. Thanks for dropping by. I'll see you back here in two weeks. Has the winter season taken a toll on your tile, upholstery, carpet? Call Cyclone Cleaners, 570-726-6200. For all your carpet, upholstery, and ceramic tile cleaning needs, it's Cyclone Cleaners, also offering odor treatment and soil and stain guard.
Choose the only cleaning company that supplies the water to clean your home and disposes of it when they are finished. Call Cyclone Cleaners to schedule your cleaning today. 570-726-6200.